That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you to humans for bringing us in and thank you to you for supporting the show. Damn, I'm blessed and honored to represent Northern California in this uh, sobriety movement uh, from the Bay Area all the way up to Sacramento. It's been my home for from uh, all my life and uh, it's a great area and I'm just uh, very blessed and, and grateful to be a part of it. Hope everybody is doing well. I want to start out first by saying my name is Shane and I am a motherfucking alcoholic, son. Oh, yeah. I haven't said that in a minute. And I need to say that. I need to say that. And I also need to say I'm powerless over alcohol in my own journey itself. Um, I want to give a little bit of love to my homeboy, Seth, to my beautiful wife, the Jess, for always keeping it real, and to my sponsor, for kind of guiding me along, slowly easing my head out of my ass when I get in my own head and I get into um, my my own thoughts and my own mind can start racing and creating these scenarios in my head that can literally um, make me start to think and start to question and start to believe Um, that maybe my alcoholism wasn't as severe as the next man's, or maybe it wasn't uh, as serious as I thought it was. Um, Somewhere between God and Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, I feel a bit caught in in this season in my life. Uh, But one of the important things is that I'm able to have a community of people and a sponsor and friends to, to communicate those thoughts with and get live feedback and honest feedback. Uh, and sometimes that's not always easy to give on the, on the person giving the feedback. And it's not always easy to receive, um, and hearing feedback about yourself, but it's important, uh, that we have that because it's really the foundation or one of the, one of the parts of the foundation, a huge component, uh, to keep us, to keep us sober and to keep us uh, moving in the right direction. So I just want to start there today. Um, a couple announcements I want to I wanted to talk about first, and then uh, we're going to talk about the six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours. Uh, this is a guide I put together, and it's on thatsoberguide.com. It's a free download. We're going to get into into what those tips are. This isn't brand new material, but with all the emails I've been getting, um, I thought it was important, and it would be a great episode to kind of go over these. And, uh, and talk about them. And it's not a magic guide that's going to save your ass. It's not something that, oh, wow, I can just quit in 20, it's, you know, 24 hours. These are, these are six things that I found in my own struggle, in my own self, um, that got me started in the right direction. So we're going to talk about those. And then I also want to make another announcement. Um, we have, we will Jess and I went out to San Francisco earlier in the week and um, 
we we met with a great startup company startup company called DXRX out of San Francisco. And um great great folks, um a team of doctors, a team of um of of people who are very passionate about trying to offer valid resources to help those out there who are struggling with their drinking. And there's many different ways we can do this. I've, you know, I, I've always been a big advocate of not everything that works for one person is going to work for the next. And uh, we see that in all elements of life. And so that's why I'm really open to exploring new ideas, uh, startup companies like, like DXRX and, um, all the possibilities, whether it be a 12 step program, um, you know, combined with, uh, with some sort of new innovative program that can actually help people because at the bottom of it, let's put all the bullshit aside. It's really about helping people get sober and change their lives. Um, you know, and, and start to live the lives that God really has, has planned for them. And I know for myself, I could not live out God's plan until I was sober. Um, you know, it just, it, it wouldn't work for me. And so DXRX is uh, man, it was, it was so awesome. They, so we met out there, Jess and I, and uh, we went in, in, in this uh, room called an accelerator room. And man, there was like 10 or 15 different startups just, um, just getting after it. I want to say that it seems like, and they may just basically work around the clock uh, in a certain time period, just doing research and lab testing and, um, and, and uh, connecting with different, different people, um, you know, to get feedback and to share their idea. And we met some of the folks out there too, that, um, you know, that, that were there with DXRX, but doing different startups, they're all combined in this one building. And some of the stuff that they're doing, you know, stem cell research, um, you know, just, I, I can't even, I can't even, uh, talk about the specifics of it because it, it's some complex shit that I was just kind of blown back by. And it was really, really cool to get to see that. Um, anyways, back to DXRX, uh, let's, let's talk about what, what this is and how, how you can be a part of it, how you can look more into it. Um, if you go to the website there, go to that sober on the, on the right-hand side of the page, there's a little, a little, uh, graphic there. It says stronger than alcohol. And with the right tools, um, you can be stronger than alcohol and it's the DXRX logo. If you click on that, it's going to take you, uh, to, to a link on their site. that's going to give you a little bit of information about what DXRX is and how it can help, um, how it can help you connect with the doctor and how it can help you monitor and then eventually, um, cut out drinking. And it's going to ask, ask you to take a quick test to determine, uh, the levels of your drinking. And so if you go there, you can take that test, you can enter your email in and you can get those results. And then it's up to you what you do from there. Um, I just know that I like the idea of having different resources out there, um, to, to look at and to see what fits into what works for you. So, um, big thanks to, uh, DXRX for having Jess and I out and showing us what they're doing. Um, just the, the work is really amazing. And the one thing you guys know me, like I, I want to know the realness. I want a no bullshit kind of mentality. And that's what we got 
you know, on, on Jess and I's perspective, both of us, when we went out there, uh, these are good people and they're really looking to do some good things, uh, not just in the state of California and in Northern California where it's kind of launching at, but eventually around the map and, and eventually possibly around the world, who knows, uh, the sky's the limit with, um, you know, with new innovative ideas and science and, um, and, and spirituality and God. So I love when you put all those components together and you have good people back in it. Uh, it's a, it's a phenomenal thing. Um, so that is pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty stoked on that. We've also, I want to mention too, um, we've been talking, uh, and still have a very strong relationship with foundations recovery. And so, uh, we're working on some new things with them and, uh, we we will always I think stay connected with them and they may be uh, coming on as a, a a little sponsor and part of the show again uh, here very soon so just wanted to update you guys on that um, you know creating resources for Sober Guy Radio is not just about creating resources for this you know platform these resources go out to all of you out there and hopefully they spread you know and and they can go and really use um, or you guys can use you know, some of these to some, to some person or to some, uh, point in your, in your uh, own journey, I guess is what I'm getting at. I feel like I'm stuttering today, junior. I got to do that shit to my son. Sometimes I always feel like a dick, but he's, you know, cause he's only two and a half and he kind of, he'll start to, he can't really spit. I'm like, Hey buddy, spit it out, man. So I kind of have to laugh. Uh, then, you know, when I do it myself and, uh, I got to call my own shit. Okay, let me take a breath here because I feel like I just puked all over this microphone. Um, you know, that's what I love about this show. I just, uh, I can just get it out there and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be great. And that's, I think, uh, I think that's the realness of it. And uh, I think that's why uh, all my, my people out there, you listening can really relate because uh, it's no bullshit. We don't rock that crap around here. So the six quick tips to quit drinking. Hold on a second. Let me just pause there because I feel like I'm forgetting something else. Was there anything else? Um, I already said too, if you know, I, I always say this every episode, thanks to humans for bringing us in. If you haven't checked out any of humans music, go do so. Just just Google hum, humans music uh, or go on Spotify, go on iTunes. Um, you know, they're good homies of the show and um, they, they did create uh, or, or allow me to create that little... Um, you know, the little snippet of, uh, of D I think it's D seal is the song that we chose to come into in the intro, but, um, just awesome, awesome dudes. And they got some great music. So go check that out too. We're doing lots of uh, announcements I don't ever do announcements though. You know, I, I really feel, especially as of lately, I haven't really done any announcements. I just have been going right into the show, which I like, I, you know, I enjoy that, but as we move in, uh, to partnering with some other people and companies and stuff. Um, you know, we may, we may do those in the beginning and then we'll be, uh, you know, we'll be right into the content. So we'll try to make that as smooth as possible for everybody, uh, who, who listens and who's really eager to hear the guests and to hear the message, um, of recovery for that day. So let's get into the six quick tips to quit. So the guide is actually called six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours. That's the guide you can go to on that soberguide.com and download for free. Um, I'm going to go over some of it today. And uh, well, not some of it. I'm going to go over all of it. 
And uh, let's just start with the with the basic outline of uh, of the six uh, the six tips and what they are. So the first one is make a decision and quit. I know that sounds easier said than done. We're going to jump into that. Number two is accepting humility. Number three, admit I need help. Number four, find my higher power. Number five, find a support group. Number six, the serenity prayer. So let's move down here. And uh, I'm just saying move down because I'm moving my, my mouse down. So, 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 so. I feel I'm doing so a lot. And then I'm also hearing... I'm also hearing the the lip smack of my own mouth into this microphone and it's driving me insane. I'm going to try I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. Hold on a second. Let's take a sip of coffee. All right. Let's see if that helped a little bit. Take a breath, Raymer. Ooh, okay. All right. <sighs> what am I, I? I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I think I'm delirious partly. If you were to die tomorrow, I know that's a morbid question, but if you were to die tomorrow, just stop and think about that for a second. Try not to cry. Try not to get all sad and shit on me. Just think about it. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, would you be satisfied with the life you're living today? It's a fair question. I've asked myself it before asked. I've asked, let me pronounce the K I've asked myself that before. And almost every time I say, no, I wouldn't be satisfied because there's more that I want to do. There's more that I can do. There's more heart that I can put in. There's more love that I can give back. I'm still learning. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm still going through these struggles and ups and downs and triumphs and victories and, um, you know, disappointments. And I enjoy, even though it's tough sometimes learning from those things and then being able to pull out of those, you know, or just being able to celebrate. And so when I look at my life and when I look at the the possibility that life is short and that I could be done tomorrow, that kind of pisses me off. And that makes me want to stand up and get motivated and and continue on and maybe for that's maybe for you out there listening that's that means you quitting drinking you know maybe maybe that's what that means to you is that you're feeling like you're not living up to your full potential because that alcohol's got you you know by the throat um or or maybe it doesn't it maybe it doesn't quite have you by the throat maybe it it's guiding you along on this path of uncertainty on this, on this path where you feel lost. Um, you know, there's different levels of it for everybody and some are, are more severe than others, but at the, at the core of it, whether you're what, you know, whether you're just abusing alcohol or whether you are a full blown alcoholic who, um, is having a really, really difficult time, you know, if we don't, talk about that and we don't get some help on that, then, um, you know, our lives can, can take a real nasty turn real quick, just like, just like mine did. Um, so all, I mean, all of our dreams, all our aspirations, all the changes we want to make in our lives, what do they revolve around? 
you know, what, what do those things revolve around? And they, they revolve around a decision, uh, making that decision to quit. I remember when I sat down with Jess on that day, uh, you know, on the patio at the restaurant that we went and drank at all the time. And, um, you know, I smashed a, a, a double screwdriver with mostly vodka and just a little tiny, you know, sip of orange juice. I knew right there that that was my last drink. There was something inside me that just knew that that was it. And I had made that decision and I, and I was, I was adamant about sticking to it because I knew either one of two things was going to happen. Either something really bad was about to happen, whether it be lose my marriage, my job, um, you know, get in a car accident and hurt somebody or hurt myself or die. That's how I felt at that moment. And so when I thought about that, that decision to quit, um, it had been festering in me for years, but finally that was it. And that's one of the most important things that we have to, you know, look at that I had to look at at that point is I'm going to decide this and and I'm, I'm not wavering on it whatsoever. I'm fucking in it to win it, son. I'm, I'm going after it right now. That's it. So that battle in, in my head going back and forth that wants to mess with me and try to trick me and try to say that, you know, you're not as bad as that guy or you're, you know, you're fine. You're just doing what everybody else does. And man, this is your, your, your party, your party guy. You know what I mean? That's what you do. What's life is lame without, without liquor and drugs. You know, though, those things are going to happen too. They happened to me. It went back and forth and, and until I made that decision to tell that little voice in my head to, to basically uh, shut the fuck up, that's literally what I had to tell it. I still have to tell it that. Sometimes when I'm going about my business during the day, those voices pop in my head and they tell me some gnarly shit that I'm too embarrassed to even talk about. And you know, you guys know I talk about a lot of shit on here and I'm not really embarrassed to talk about anything, but some of the things that those voices say... Uh, I'm embarrassed to even think, you know, of, of what, what those things tell me. And, um, you know, without, without having some help and, and some, some clarity there, you know, and, and support groups and communities, which we're going to get into in the six, six quick tips, man, dude, who knows, who knows what road, you know, I could have ended up going down and who knows what road I could end up going down today if I don't stay on point on that and and talk with my sponsor, you know, talk with Seth, talk with you guys, um, you know, be part of a community, be part of a 12-step group, be part of a church, all those different things, you know, working the steps. Um, those things are so important. Okay, so here's the six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours. And I have to preface this again because I I have I've actually gotten pretty positive feedback about this about this guide. Here here's why I say this because there's a lot of quick fix shit out there. And that's not what I intended this to be. This wasn't like, hey, fucking come on over here. Here's six quick tips and you're going to magically quit drinking. That's not what this is about. Okay? It the the odds I understand the odds of this happening are, you know, are are slim when you look at percentage factors of how many people actually um, are able to to quit, and especially on a guide, you know, a simple guide like this is, you know, it's tough. But my point to this is, is that's not what this is for. This is for you, you know, 
and 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 I put it in those terms because I'm presenting it to you, the listener, right now. But I'm also it was for me. I based this off of me and the first few things that I did, which at the time I didn't know that I was doing. So I feel like I'm trying to save you guys, you know, maybe someone out there listening who is just lost and really trying to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that I can save you some time of going through some of the shit that I went through and presenting these six quick little tips that can help you start to get that process moving in the right direction. Okay. So once again, let me preface it. It's not a magic fucking guide. Okay. It's something that's going to help get you motivated, I hope, and help get you started. So number one, making a decision to quit. Like I said before, it it may seem easier said than done. I get it. It's it, the simplicity of the statement. Um, you know, it it could almost even be laughed off. Uh, even when I hear it, I'm like, I mean, if I would have heard this a couple years ago before I got started, I said, you know what, you're fucking insane, bro. Like that's not, no. You know, make a decision. Okay, really? No, but that's really where it starts. Everything starts with a decision. And I'll tell you where that still rings true. I hear Tony Robbins' voice saying that because I remember buying years ago, probably 10 plus years ago, I bought one of his early um, recordings on, on CD and I would listen to it over and over. And I was trying to one, you know, I was trying to motivate myself as an entrepreneur. And I was also thinking about how I didn't want to drink and do drugs even that long ago. And I remember the one thing he would say, everything starts with the decision. I can't even do his fucking voice. He's got an awesome voice, but it's very authentic. And that has always stayed, you know, with me, a decision. That's what I got to do. So either way, our brain makes a decision before anything we do. And a decision is the first step in any little change made in our lives or a major change. It all starts with making that decision. Um, and then we can, we can try to start building a foundation. Um, you know, once that root has been set, once that foundation has been set. Um, so when I thought about how many times I tried to quit drinking you know, and then I would start again within a week or two weeks. A lot of times I would switch and I would smoke, smoke pot for a while, um, to quit drinking. And that would stop me from doing Coke for a couple of weeks too, towards, towards the last, you know, year or two. Um, I tried to figure out what was different than the last time. So there was many times where I would stop and, you know, I, I started taking a look back at those and I was saying, well, why did I start again? What led me to start drinking again? And the pain wasn't there. And I realized finally the pain was not there. The pain that hurt um, bad enough, you know, and that gut feeling that something bad was going to happen. Those were two common things that were, that were very relevant for me. And the thought of what I was becoming also scared the living shit out of me. I was you know, I was becoming basically everything I had never wanted to be. And my behavior, my attitude, it was having an effect on my family. Um, You know, I had to make a decision basically is what I'm getting at to sum this up, quit or die. And that may seem, you know, that may seem very, very severe for, for somebody out there, you know, listening, especially those who, who might know me, but that's the thing. Nobody knows you like you do. 
Nobody knows me like I know me. And so there's going to be a lot of people out there who might not think that you are that bad. Oh, you're fine. You know, they might tell you that, but they don't know what is going on in your head. And motherfuckers don't know what's going on in my head. They don't know Shane Raymer, the inside, you know, the battle that goes on. And so I just want to make that very clear because that prohibited me from, from getting the help that I needed uh, sooner because I listen to other people. Do not listen to what other people think of you, their opinions of you. It does not matter. The only thing that matters is what you think of yourself, what I think of myself. You know, I just try to relate it like that because I, I don't, I, I forget to do that sometimes. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to tell, tell you guys what to do, but the only thing that matters is, you know, what I think of myself and, and what is going on inside of me. So remember that because it's a really important aspect of this. Like, you know, what is really going down. And if you can be honest with yourself about what's going down, that's only going to improve your odds. It's only going to speed up the process to you finally having that kind of light bulb awakening or bottom, if you want to call it, um, and, and getting some help. So number two, accepting humility. So this is, all, all these are huge, but this is a huge one too, humility. Who, you know, how, how do you accept humility? It's not easy. Uh, it really goes against everything and anything we've ever known. Uh, who wants to suck at something? I don't want to suck at something. Um, I play golf. I suck at it sometimes. It pisses me off. Uh, but I still keep coming back because I enjoy the game of golf. And I still want to go out there and I want to try to get better. And I, you know, I enjoy that. I enjoy the struggle in it. If I, if I can learn to do that, um, it can make it, you know, it, it makes it fun for me. It's a challenge. If it was easy and I went out and shot, you know, 10 under par every time, I, why, why even play? It's easy. You know, we get lost in the satisfaction and in the result of what we're, what we're trying to accomplish. And we forget about the journey getting there and the struggles and the things we learn along the way and the challenges. I want to be challenged in this life. And sometimes that fucking sucks. You know, some days I wake up and usually I wake up at least like yesterday was an odd day. I woke up and, you know, I had a meeting with, with my sponsor, um, who's going to be coming on the show soon, just so you know. And I'm so stoked about that. He's a great dude. And, uh, um, you know, we had a conversation and I alluded to this a little bit at the beginning of the show about me kind of having my head in my ass and thinking about my alcoholism and all those little tricks and tricks and uh, voices that go on that start messing with me. And my day ended up to be somewhat of a challenging day, but who made it challenging? It wasn't my kids, wasn't my sponsor, wasn't my wife, wasn't my job wasn't the work that I do. It was me. And so there's a little bit of humility in having to admit that to myself, number one, but to, you know, this platform and the people who listen to this show. And so what I'm saying is if I can do it, you can do it too. And you got to be honest with yourself. Um, when I accepted the humility it, it was a burden that was lifted off of me like no other. I, I can't really describe the feeling of it other than 
just feeling crushed and then, you know, trying to fight that feeling of just feeling suppressed and uh, depressed and, and crushed and my spirit just melted and sad and just lost. And finally just saying, you know what, God, I cannot do this anymore. I need help. Please save me. Please save me. Like, what can I do? I'm willing to go to any length and weep like a, like a, like a, like a young boy, straight up, like a son, <laughs> son of God. And, you know, what, and that doesn't mean, you know, whatever for you out there, I'm always fair about that too. We, you know, they say a higher power in the 12-step in the groups. I respect that. For me, it's God. But I had to accept that too. And here, here's another quick component to humility. I had to accept that it's okay for me to not know everything. It's okay for me to not, to give up control of trying to solve everything myself. I can't, I'm not humanly capable of doing that. Humans are not capable of doing everything on their own. It is impossible. It doesn't work. So it's okay to ask for help is what I'm getting at. Humility is a part of being human. And when we, and when we accept our own humility, we can begin to learn more about ourselves. And in turn, we can begin the process of change. Huge. Number three, admit I need help. Admit I need help. How, how easy does that sound? And how fucking hard is it to do? I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs today, I know. Um, but I'm feeling very passionate today and I'm feeling very convicted and um, sometimes those F-bombs get get dropped. So fuck! <laughs> so asking for help. We all need a little help sometimes. There's There's no weakness in seeing it. And, you know, I think that especially goes out to you dudes out there, you know, uh, so and I, I'll group myself in with you dudes out there. I'm one of those dudes. We're all together as dudes. And, um, you know, for a long time, I know for me, I saw asking for help as weakness. I never wanted to ask for help, although I did sometimes, but it always made me feel less than, and it always made me feel like I was going to owe somebody something. And that, you know, it was all about me in there. And it probably, there's probably things I need to continue to work on. Actually, I know there is. There's, there's things I need to continue to work on in this. So it's not like, you know, this is just solved and there's, you know, it's an easy solution and then you just ask for help and you learn it one day and then boom, you're done. No, I'm continuing to work on this. And for somebody who's jumping into this, you're going to have to do the same. So expect it. Expect to be, let me sum this up too real quick. Expect to be in this shit, in the trench in recovery, you know, highs and lows for the long haul. If you really want to be successful about this, this doesn't happen in, you know, a day. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a month. It doesn't happen in just a year. You're constantly on a journey, moving forward, helping yourself, helping others, that whole thing. And that comes back to asking for help. You got to find someone you trust. You got to find someone you love. You got to find someone you respect. And you got to tell them exactly what you're going through. Is it, is it a complete group of strangers at a 12-step meeting? Maybe. Maybe that's where you need to be. Maybe it's at your church. Maybe it's a doctor. Maybe it is 
your best buddy who you trust. Maybe it's your spouse. In my case, that's what it was for me. And then it was my best buddy who I went to right after that. And then the floodgates opened up. And the relief in that in asking for help, you know, and and I got to say this too, before my wife, it was God. I literally cried out to God and said, please help me. I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't do it. And and the relief just in that, in that moment, um, I can't even describe it. It was, it was intense and it felt, I started to feel something I hadn't felt in a long time. So another important aspect to asking for help is know that you're not alone. You're not alone in this. There's many other men and women out there going through the same stuff. That's why communities like AANA Celebrate Recovery, Sober Guy you know, community, um, all types of different communities. You got Share Podcast, Recovery Elevator. Um, we all rise together, the Rise and Grind podcast. I mean, there is resources out there. Um, the Good Dad Project, that's another great resource um, that touches a little bit on... on um, on alcohol, but also just the bigger spectrum of being a dad. Um, all these different resources, Foundations Recovery, Sober Nation, um, DXRX, which, you know, I mean, there's there's so much of them out there. You just got to get out and you got you to get out and get active um, in, in pursuing them and look and start connecting with people. That's such a huge, a huge part. Um, and you can check your local city for meeting times, for meeting places. Uh, every city has has something, I guarantee it. Even if it's just a small group of people that are meeting on the week, you just got to get out and be proactive and um, and and find it. And, and getting out there and showing up is a huge part of building a recovery network uh, and bettering your chances of staying clean and sober too. Like I said, I can't do this on my own. And uh, most of the people, if not all of them, uh, well, not not all of them, because I have talked to a couple who have so far been able to kind of white knuckle through it. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to do it like that, even if it was successful, because it's just it's a it's a rough rough pass I, path. I tried it and it didn't work for me. Um. <coughs> oh goodness, excuse me. How rude. How rude my my daughter watches uh, Full House. And so I hear the how rude brings me back to the 90s. Little San Francisco house out there on the hill. Anyways, why am I talking about Full House right now? I have no idea. So asking for help. Man, my my brain just does that sometimes. Asking for help. Um, And I kind of touched on the golf thing, but I think it's a really... Uh, it's a really good example. I've touched on it a couple times and in, in even in, in um, previous episodes. So the first step is admitting I'm not very, I'm not a very good golfer, right? And then I can determine kind of why that is. And in my case, I know it's because I'm not practicing it nearly enough. And I've set expectations that far exceed my capabilities with the amount of time that I've invested into my golf skills. So I go out and I expect to shoot even par or five over or, or even 10 over. 
you know, by playing once or twice a month. And, and that just doesn't, that just doesn't work. Um, you know, I have to be much more active in practice and recovery is the same. Recovery is the same thing. Admitting we have a substance abuse problem and admitting we suck at golf, loud ass vehicle. One, one day I'm going to get a nice professional studio that doesn't have loud vehicles driving by until then, uh, here we are. But uh, that goes back to being happy with where you're at in the moment. And yes, that is the case. So admitting we have a substance abuse problem, admitting we suck at golf, obviously are two completely different things. But I just want to illustrate the fact that we can't improve our situation without first admitting it um, and then following it up with daily practices. Um, you know, And my sponsor and I talk about that often about practice. This is a practice. It's a practice. It's a practice. This isn't just, you know, hurry up and, and, uh, and jump in and here's a quick fix for you that it just, it doesn't work like that. And then, um, one of the quotes I actually found in this guide that I forgot that I had put in here is great. It says, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. And it's by Thomas Jefferson. Honesty is the first chap chapter in the book of wisdom. That's a great quote right there. How hard is it though, to be honest with ourselves? And how powerful is it when we're able to do it? Number four, find my higher power. Find my higher power. So a prayer can mean the difference between life and death. And when I say life or death, I don't mean just physically. Uh, what I really mean is spiritually. So when I numb my feelings for you know years with substances, I stunted my growth spiritually. And I wasn't able to cope with the things that life threw at me. Um, that could be a number of different things, being in relationships, uh, holding a job, um, making stupid, irrational decisions while intoxicated. Uh, how about that one? I mean, I think about some of the stupid shit that I did and it just baffles me that I was able to, um, still sit here today, thankfully. Um, the only way that I knew how to cope through those, you know, times that were difficult was through substances because it helped me escape my reality and not deal with those things. And so that was really um, one of the leading. I had to wait for the car to drive by again or truck. That's so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is funny though, like the, you know, cause I sit behind the, the microphone and I don't know, maybe people out there who've never done a podcast, you think like that it's this, you know, I have this huge studio and, and, and maybe one day, uh, probably one day the way I, I, I try to focus on the positive, but for right now, I, I record this show out of the house and, um, you know, I have my own office and I have a, I have a great setup. I have fantastic equipment. Um, I have a cool little, I love it because it's underground, straight punk rock, straight DIY style. It's me. And so even when I think about, and I know I'm getting off track here, but real quick, even when I think about, man, I want to be in this great studio. And I mean, that's cool and all, but I don't know, to me, it takes away some of the realness of it. And it takes away some of the kind of no bullshit, like real, just straight against the rest kind of mentality. And when I say against the rest, I just mean uh, against the rest crew was was a crew out of the Bay Area uh, started by uh, Link 80. And uh, one of my 
you know, go-to bands from back in the day. And uh, they just had that kind of that attitude, like, man, we, we can do whatever we put our minds to, and you're not going to, you're not going to tell us how to do it. And so I've always kind of enjoyed that. And I've always affiliated that with that mentality of like, I, I can do whatever I want on my own. And so that, that's really what is, uh, that's really what this podcast is about too. So thanks for letting me blab your ear off. That has nothing to do with the six quick tips in this short commercial and explain to you about why the hell I think I'm so cool because I have a, uh, a podcast platform that is ran basically out of my garage. Anyways, <coughs> I sound like a fucking smoker right now. I've been coughing like that lately. <coughs> I don't have a cough button, so I use my sleeve, but man, I quit smoking cigarettes in rehab. I haven't smoked in about as long as I drank and I'm still, uh, still doing it doing that cough sometimes. Anyways. All right, here we go. Let me let me get back on track here. I'm a bit off. So, where I kind of left off was saying that the only way that I knew how to cope was through substances. And part of that was feeling the need to control everything around me. I had that I I wanted to control every aspect of my life and when when it didn't work out like I wanted it to, or, um, you know, when it didn't work out like I expected it to, or it wasn't going my way, I lost my shit. I didn't have any foundation to, to build upon. It was just me trying to do everything alone. And this comes from, I was raised in a, a, a Catholic background. So we went to church as kids. I went to catechism. I went to first communion. I, I was confirmed. You know, we went to church growing up and I, there, but I was lost in that. I wasn't connecting on a spiritual level. I just went to church because my parents told me to go to church. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to my parents or to my grandparents or to the roots of um, us being brought up or to, to the church either, you know, to those uh, Catholics out there who, who might be listening or who have those similar roots like I did, but I was not connecting on that level. And maybe it was, I could think of excuses all day. Why I was young. Um, you know, I, I wasn't into it. I didn't pay attention. I had a short attention span. It was boring. Stand, sit, stand, sit, stand, sit. Very ritualistic. I did not connect to that at the time. And as I got further away from that, you know, and drifted away from God, even though I've always had that spiritual sense in my heart and in my spirit, I've always known that connection is there. I was not pursuing it for many, many years. I was stepping down the wrong path of substance as my higher power in a sense in the fact that I use that to cope with everything going on in my life um, that most of the time wasn't going my way. And then I couldn't figure out, well, why is this happening to me? Well, why is that happening to me? You know, they did this to me. I'm only this because this way. You know, fuck that mentality. It pisses me off just to hear myself say it right now. I fucking can't stand it. It does not do a damn thing. It is complaining. It is bitching. It is feeling sorry. It's a pity party. It doesn't matter. 
you know, it does not matter. And so I'm, I'm sorry, I got a little hot there, but really that honestly did start to like, it started to do something in me that kind of made me angry to hear myself say those things again, because I feel like I've came such a long way in getting away from that attitude. And you can too, if you, if you're having that attitude, those thoughts, or you know, somebody who's like that, and they're just, uh, they're just miserable to be around because that's all they, you know, there's, there is ways around that, but that goes back to a higher power. Like how do we find a higher power to help get us through that? Um, we need faith. We need a higher power to help us understand. I need God to help me understand that some things are just out of our control. They're out of our hands. They're, you know, we can't control our outer circumstances. We can only control how we respond to them. So I can't control what happens, you know, to, to an extent, you see what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm talking about the big picture here. Now, I can control if I want to go, um, you know, grab a cup of coffee right now. I can control the stupid things. So, you know, don't be a smart ass when you're thinking of, you know, trying to break down what, what I'm saying here. The big things that are out of our control, I have to learn how to respond to those. And I have to understand that I cannot control them. And I have to use God and my higher power to re- or my higher power uh, to rely on him to help guide me through those and understand that I'm not in control of them. So I need to pray. I need to accept these things for what they are. And I have to ask God to handle the rest. And when I do that, damn, let me tell you, my my days are extremely um, simple and they're light and they're peaceful and just in, in 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 talking about this stuff today um has been has been a big a big help for me so i appreciate it i appreciate all of you uh, out there who are going through the same things and uh i just love you guys i really do i just want to say that right now and not get all all sappy but um you know the opportunity that that i you know have been blessed with to sit and, and, and speak my mind and then hear feedback about it and get ideas and other stories shared is just amazing. So I thank you. I thank you guys again for that. Here's another quote. I, I had forgot. I forgot. I put quotes in this guide period. I don't, I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, by one of my favorite, favorite, um, people who I never met, of course, Johnny cash. Some of you know, my son's name is cash. That's how much I love Johnny Cash. I've told the story of grandma and me back in the day and my cousins being, you know, probably eight years old, cruising around Napa, Napa, California, going around to, you know, different garage sales and uh, and and looking at different cool things, listening to Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson on the way. And so those memories have always stuck very close to my heart and um, which led me you know, to being just a huge fan of Johnny Cash's, not just his music, but the man that he was, he was a man of God. And, um, and he was, he was a man who was real. And I think that I, I really take on those qualities and really admire them and, uh, appreciate them. And, and the music, man, that's one thing, but this quote from him really stood out to me. It says, my arms are too short to box with God. And man, that's just a, that's a, that's a great, quote right there. It just says to me, like, I can't do it on my own and I'm not going to fight when I'm fighting myself. I'm fighting God. If that makes sense. When I'm fighting myself, I'm fighting against God. And that just, that just isn't going to work. 
So find number five, find a support group. Um, find a support group. It's, it's just, it's huge. It is, uh, it's a must. It's, it's really a crucial part of not only getting clean and sober, clean and sober, but staying clean and sober too. Um, you know, when I got out of rehab, I think they recommend night it's 90 and 90. So that was getting out and then going to a meeting 90 times in 90 days. So basically a meeting a day. And this, you know, really helped me get locked in, um, to, to something positive on a daily basis. And I really needed that, you know, I really needed that to, um, to stay sober because it's really tough. It's really tough at first. That first year is really, really tough. And I couldn't do it on my own. You know, there's, there's lots of different programs. I've talked about many of them on here. We have um, 12 step programs like AANA, you have celebrate recovery. Um, you have, a, you have many churches who have uh, different uh, groups, men's groups, women's groups, Um, I mean, these are great places to start and they offer meetings in cities across the world. So you shouldn't have any excuse why you, why you can't, um, you know, start there at least, or at least check it out. Also with this, you know, and I talk about this too, I think those that I just mentioned are kind of the backbone. There's so many different resources out there now with the way technology has evolved, obviously like this podcast, like many other podcasts out there. There's quite a few of them, um, you know, and we're starting to see more of this trend of people coming out, speaking out about recovery and about, um, about living a sober lifestyle. So start somewhere is all I'm saying. If it means you're just starting on a podcast, my hope, my greatest hope for this is that this platform opens up doors for people to go on to other places you know, and, and really get the real help they need, whether it's through a doctor, a 12 step program, a church, all those things that I just had mentioned before. That's what this platform is really designed for is to help you move in that direction. And, um, you know, this is really one of the most important steps in finding support groups, even if it's for the time being, um, the sober guy, sober girl, private Facebook group, Go in there. If you're a new listener right now and you don't know where the heck to start, jump in there. If you go to the website, there's a button on there that says join the Facebook group um, or you can email us and you can, if you're having trouble, whatever, just find something, find some sort of group to jump into, to start talking about what's going on. That's going to be one of the most important things too. Um, I would highly encourage anybody who is serious about getting clean and sober and staying clean and sober uh, to to find a group as fast as you can. Um, you know, and, and like I was saying, there's lots of different resources, podcast, blogs, online meetings, um, you know, all, all types of them out there. You just got to go out and find them. You can go on our website to get more resources that'll help open that door up and kind of lead you in the right direction. Number six, and uh, I think this is a huge one, the serenity prayer. I think they're all huge. I know I've already said that, but the serenity prayer saved my ass many times. Uh, I remember the first time Seth introduced me to the serenity prayer because, um, you know, when we, when we had first talked, I think we had, now that I think back, maybe I'll have to have Seth back on the show again and we can talk about 
this. This just came to mind. This was an interesting thing is that the first time he mentioned the serenity prayer to me was the first time I had tried to get sober. And I had reached out to him. He had already been sober. And I think he took me to a couple meetings and I felt extremely uncomfortable. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I still was like holding on to the fact that like, ah, man, I'm just kind of fucking up right now. I don't just, I'm not one of these fucking people, right? How many, how many have said that? Well, I'm not like them. I said it like, and I felt it and I was a hundred percent certain that I wasn't at the time, you know, only to find out a year, I think about a year later, you know, shit had, had, uh, multiplied times 10, you know, my issues, my, my thoughts, like all that stuff that was going down that led me to end up going to rehab. But I remember briefly that first time that Seth kind of said, do you know the serenity prayer? And I was like, well, no, what, you know, what's the serenity prayer? And he told me, and you know, it was, I, I don't think it hit me at first hard because I think it was in that first time, but later the second time, uh, when I revisited and, you know, getting, you know, some help and the serenity prayer came up again, I had at least, I knew what it was by that time, but then I started to actually use it and started to say it. And, um, man, it, it was, it was huge. And there've been many times where the serenity prayer has helped me through something that I didn't think I could make it through. And you know, I, I, I don't, I don't really think I have time today to really go into examples of that, or maybe I'm just kind of, um, bullshitting right now and can't think of any, I'm not really sure what, maybe, maybe it's a combination of both. Uh, but I still, I still use it often. It's short, it's easy to remember, and it acts as a shield, uh, when the enemy, you know, shoots things at me. Um, it really does. So let's say it real quick. There's a serenity prayer. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's something just peaceful just in, in saying that alone. And um, man, it feels good to say it. So I've always looked at the serenity prayer as, as one of the most important tools in my arsenal of weapons. Um, you know, along with, with that, with the strong support system, uh, someone to hold me accountable, like a sponsor, um, a, a group of friends that are also in recovery. This combination of support, it's a great place to start. And uh, of course, we've got to try to have a positive attitude that that's going to be huge. And, um, and I know that's tough sometimes when we're really feeling like we're at the low. I know it's, it's easier said than done, but just give it a shot. Um, I promise you that that positive attitude and outlook, even when you're not feeling it, even if you got to fake the funk for a minute, just fake that shit. And I, I can assure you that it will start to transform over time. You know, patience is key, but it'll start to transform and, um, and, and help on your way, you know, to, to, to a life that is really, um, the sky's the limit, I guess. Um, there is hope if you can, I mean, if, if you can, of course you can do it, but if I can do it, uh, so can you, and so can anyone else out there, but you got to want it. So that being said, those are the six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours. All those, all those six things I said, you can apply in a 24 hour 
time basis and be on your way to starting. You know, this is, it's just the beginning. And yes, it's not overnight. Yes, it's not easy. It's going to take work. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take want. But how bad do you put, you know, think about how much effort you put into doing dope or to drinking. You know, think about how much, how much time is, is spent trying to figure out how you're going to get away with it or how you're going to drive, you know, without getting caught those feelings of anxiety and man, I do not miss those for anything. You know, it's possible to change your life, but it all depends on how bad you want it. You know, and for me, it was how bad do I want this shit? And I wanted it. I wanted it worse than anything I could even think of. So take action, move your ass and your mind will follow. Do it for yourself. You are worth it. There is hope. You can quit drinking. If you want to get the six quick tips to quit drinking guide, go to thatsoberguy.com and click on the icon there that says uh, download the free guide or get the free guide today. Also, you can check out any of the other resources on thatsoberguide.com. And we just really appreciate your support. You can help support us on Patreon. There's a button on there to also help do that to pledge to the show. If the show's helped you or a loved one, um, help us continue to, uh, to keep bringing you the best, no bullshit, free recovery content. I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.